when's the last time you were able to network with your peers in the healthcare industry? Well, now is your chance. Join us this April with over a thousand executives at Becker's 13th annual meeting to hear C-suite discussions around consumerism, the nursing workforce, value-based care, and a lot more. You can register using the link in the description. We hope to see you there. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Christy Bray-Ricks, Vice President of Provider Talent at Ardent Health Services. Christy, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Laura. Now, I'm excited to dive into our discussion, but before we do that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So my my career in healthcare started um, as an athletic trainer in college at the University of Oklahoma. So I always thought that I I would go into sports medicine or orthopedics and um, found myself on the administrative side of healthcare instead and um, have been uh, lucky enough to lead some of the largest recruitment teams across the country, uh, not only in finding permanent physicians and advanced practice providers, but also our temporary locum tenens uh, staffing needs, uh, again, large health systems uh, based in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And, you know, really just um, interesting. You start off uh, thinking on the athletic trainer side and, and then getting into the administrative and leadership um, side of things. What really sparked your interest to make that transition and, and, you know, really build a fulfilling career out of it? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, healthcare is, is a passion and, um, you know, making sure that our patients' needs are met, you know, wherever they are uh, at the times that they need us. So really just having that that caring attitude or mindset. I'm from Oklahoma and have, have been to um, some really rural parts of this country where that access isn't there um, and understanding how that affects their lives uh, and ultimately, you know, what, what they're able to do. Um, or even in death. So I think for me, um, it really just, it, it touches my heart every time. And um, it, it really is uh, something I'm passionate about to make sure that we have the, the providers to take care of folks uh, in big towns and small towns all throughout the country. That's fascinating to hear. It really is just, you know, interesting um, to hear how your healthcare journey has gone. Now, when you look at where we're at today, what are some of the biggest trends and issues you're following in the healthcare space? Uh, so for me, number one is always staffing. Uh, we, we can't open the doors every day without, uh, without employees and our, and our local teams to make that happen. So, um, it, you know, if that's, if that's nurses, uh, janitors, physicians, you know, the, the whole gamut of folks that make our, our hospitals and our clinics run. So uh, that, that, that's the one that I get asked about the most, you know, where will we find the, the staff and those employees into the future? Within the physician space, you, you can't grow a physician overnight. It takes many years of training and um, obviously tests and boards and all those things. And so that's the greatest uh, worry I have right now is just, you know, trying to fill our pipelines as we recruit, employ, and permanently hire those folks. Um, but it's starting to overlap into our temporary staffing. Um, I think, you know, with COVID and, and after that, with um, physician burnout and provider burnout in general, um, folks are tired. And so historically, when we could rely on getting somebody to, to provide temporary coverage or uh, in some of our larger cities, we had access to those residents. Um, 
there are a thousand opportunities for physicians and providers, and, and, and they're definitely choosing um, not just on compensation, but some work-life balance issues, uh, you know, to help them get through uh, what they need to individually and personally. And so the, com the competitive nature of uh, the, the staffing industry of, you know, trying to find great quality talent, keep them, retain them, um, you know, is, is, is a is another um, concern that I have. So I think just as we go through the next few years, and I don't think it's something, by the way, that will um, that has an end in sight, at least in the very near future. This is a five, ten, fifteen, twenty year problem uh, to try to fix either folks getting re interested in practicing medicine or working in the healthcare space or reimagining what that staffing model looks like um, so that it is more flexible. Um, as you know, hospitals operate 24-7. A lot of our urgent cares now operate 24-7. And, and that's a difficult model to find folks um, who want to or commit to, to that time frame and schedule of working at night or every weekend. And so um, we really have to think creatively, I think, into the future of how we um, set those schedules or have, again, some more flexibility to give folks some time back so they can personally recharge and take, you know, take care of themselves. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and as you mentioned, a, a really challenging issue for most hospitals and health systems today. Um, you know, and, and like you said, there's no easy fixes, but when you look at that staffing model in particular, and you're thinking about, you know, what you need in the short term in order to function as um, at, at the best place possible, you know, how are you looking at staffing and thinking about staffing for the next 12 to 24 months or so? Um, are, are there any changes in the works? I think for us, uh, one of one of the, the the opportunities we're looking at is where we can uh, employ telehealth, either you know through uh, us setting up our own tele options or uh, working with a vendor partner to to help us provide that coverage. Um, again, physicians have thousands of opportunities to choose from, and and some have chosen to chosen to move away from the bedside and and take a, a tele role, which is totally fine. We can still use them. We still need them. And, um, you know, if you have the technology to support that, it can be a great patient care experience. Um, they, they typically can get seen quicker um, and then, um, you know, develop some of those same uh, patient and clinician uh, relationships that they historically had by, by being in the same room with someone. So that's an exciting opportunity. I think just there's a lot within technology that that we've never had before. Um, you know, when you think about all the things your phone can do and monitor and, and plug something in and, and you get, you know, you can use a stethoscope and, and different things, just all kinds of ways where Again, we have to think beyond just um, bricks and mortar of what we've historically had and really try to leverage that technology. I think that's a great point and definitely is something that makes a lot of sense, you know, as a way that healthcare is trending in the future. Now, I would love to know from your perspective too, is there anything that you're particularly excited about or, or what makes you nervous? Hmm. Things that make me nervous are all of the tele jobs when I do still need, you know, people to work and come, you know, to come into the hospital and do a surgery or other things. So some of the tele still makes me nervous because that will give folks an opportunity to 
um, to work from home. I know when I'm hiring recruiters or people to work on my team, that's the very first question. Is this position remote? Is it hybrid? Or are you on site every day? Um, I think from a staffing perspective across the world, that's, that's the biggest question that employers are being asked, not just in the healthcare space. So it, it's scary to think about that and how you get folks Again, it takes a long time to grow a physician. And so how do you get kids interested in medicine? Um, it's a long career path. It's a heavy debt burden. But how do we get them? Because we will need them in the future as I age and, and my colleagues and, and the, the country just ages um, very, very quickly, minute by minute. Um, we all need access to that care. So um, that, that's, it's scary to me um, to think uh, lack of interest of folks wanting to go into medicine and then the flip side of, of what some of those um, technologies mean. They, they, you know, they, can, they could choose to, um, you know, to, to go the telehealth route, work for Amazon from home, uh, or you know, come work for me and, and we're having them come into a clinic eight to five, you know, Monday through Friday. And, and it's a very heavy burden compared to, um, you know, some of the work that, that they would be able to do at home. So it's a very competitive environment within the staffing industry and, um, you know, trying to make sure our employed folks are retained is, is another scary thought. Um, you know, I think some health systems lose more than they gain in a year. And um, unfortunately, that pipeline is just very, very slim for, for what we need in the country. Absolutely. I think that's such an interesting challenge and, and definitely, you know, uh, needing special attention because like you said, we do need people to come in in person and have that compassion and, and those types of interactions with patients who need it so, so very much. Um, you know, when you look at um, where we're headed today, it seems like there's just a lot of, uh, um, you know, challenges and opportunities for leaders to really grow and thrive. What areas do you see as um, leaders needing to most embody and level up over the next couple of years? What skills would be most important for the most successful healthcare leaders? Um, I mean, I think I talked about at the beginning um, a little bit with, you know, my passion for healthcare is, is finding like-minded individuals that have that, you know, that compassion or that passion to care for others. Um, so as a leader, uh, I, I, I try to live, live that way and really um, be a servant leader and provide my team, you know, what they need um, to listen with intent um, to making, you know, making sure that you're, you're not only hearing what's being said, but also sometimes you have to interpret and it can be hard. I lead a, I lead a distributed remote team uh, and it can be hard to make some of those connections via video. I may only see them or get to hug them once a year. Um, so you really have to take some extra effort to, to make sure you have those connection points. If it's sending a card or special recognition, um, buying them, you know, a virtual coffee. I think that's a really fun one to do, you know, go to the coffee shop and we'll both be on video and, and have coffee together, but it's on video. Um, you know, so some of those things to dif think differently, especially if you have a distributed team like mine, um, if you're blessed to be in person and get to see them every day, I, I think just, um, you know, just continue to pour into them and value their, you know, their commitment and, um, and their service that they bring to your teams. Healthcare is hard. It is really, really hard. I, I don't think it's for the faint of heart. And so um, just trying to make sure they're supported and that they have, you know, the same, um, the same 
pieces in place from either an EAP standpoint, um, but you know, to take some some mental breaks every once in a while to recharge themselves. That's a really great point. And definitely, you know, having that communicate or that connection and um, creating that human connection as much as possible, even in the virtual space, I know is a big differentiator um, and is great to hear. Um, I love those examples as well as just being able to, um, you know, connect at at a level that makes sense with your team, whether it's coffee or otherwise, um, you know, to really celebrate some of the the big uh, you know, things that, that happen in the big wins, as well as just developing that relationship. Um, is there anything, you know, that you do, especially when bringing on new team members um, that you may not have met in person? Um, you know, I have a couple, actually, I have several team members that joined us at the end of last year and, and someone that just joined yesterday. Uh, she's in our Albuquerque market and um, I probably won't get to get to see her unless I go visit her in the next couple of months, but probably won't get to like see her in person until the fall. Um, I think just, you know, to be welcoming and, and to extend that, uh, that welcome. Uh, I do rely locally on the folks who are there with her um, to, to support her, make sure she has her laptop and her phone <laughs> and, and just those very basic things that we all need to work. Um, but I'm a, a huge gift giver. I, I, I love to find things that are unique or that speak to me uh, for that person. So I'm, I'm always sending things, um, I, you know, and, you know, just hoping that folks feel, you know, feel that caringness from, from the, the gifting that I do or the cards or the notes. Um, I, one of the things that I have planned, and I don't know when this will air, but is, is to work through um, a gratitude journal to really help uh, my team understand and and kind of live with that positive intent and just refocusing our brains, um, you know, again, with that positive intent and that um, position of gratitude. Uh, it's kind of, you know, thinking the reverse sometimes of those negative situations, but that's something I have planned um, in the next month, um, not really around Valentine's Day, but just in February in general to Uh, I got them all gratitude journals. And so I'm excited to share that with them and just talk about what that journey has meant to me and how I get up and live my life every day. Uh, Again, with, you know, focusing on positive intent and, and that, that place of gratitude. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Christy. This has been a really fun conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks so much, Laura.